Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. We hope that you and your family are doing well and that you're staying safe and healthy. I'm your host, Scott Spees, and we are coming to you today from the campus of Dallas Christian College as we continue in our series of podcasts looking at current topics and events that are shaping our society, the world of education, and the local church. Today's episode is focused on a topic that is particularly relevant in 2021, the topic of leadership and leadership development in our current culture. Joining us today to offer insights into this topic is the chair of DCC's business department, Dr. Larry Thompson. Larry, I want to welcome you this morning. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Great. Let me give you a little information about uh, Dr. Thompson. He's a graduate of Dallas Christian College, where he received his undergraduate degree in management leadership. His master's is in professional development and management from Dallas Baptist University, and he has a Ph.D. in leadership studies from Our Lady of the Lake University. Dr. Thompson is the president and owner of Thompson's Consulting Group, which focuses on leadership development, design and coaching, as well as talent assessment and diversity and inclusion. Recently, I've had the opportunity to worship with him at the church which he pastors, Connect Unity Fellowship. Larry is married, has four children and five grandchildren, and facilitating today's discussion with Dr. Thompson is the voice of the DCC Leadership Podcast, Mr. Mark Worley, the Vice President of Institutional Advancement here at DCC. I think this is going to be an incredible discussion, so I'm going to turn it over to you, Mark, and let you begin our discussion with Dr. Thompson. Yeah, thanks, Scott. I'm really excited about this. Dr. Mm -hmm. Thompson and I have uh, talked a lot about leadership, and uh, I know we've talked about varieties of different leadership. So I think probably one of the basic questions, uh, Dr. Thompson, is what is leadership like in its simplest form? How would you view leadership in its uh, just simplicity? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, thank you for the opportunity, both uh, for you and and Scott uh, having me here today. Uh, When you think about leadership, leadership is one of those words in our profession that is really not defined, right? So when when we begin to think about leadership, it's like the professionalism. Right. If you ask you somebody, what is professionalism? It's in the eye of the beholder. Well, leadership is the same way. But I boil it down to this. Leadership is two components. Number one, is it transforming? Leadership is transforming both to me as a person and anybody that I'm around. Generally in leadership, we associate that in corporate world, but it could be in church and anywhere else. It means am I having a positive transformation? on people around me, whether they report to me or I report to them, there should be some kind of positive impact. So that's the first thing. The second element is serving. It has to have a serving component. So when you put those two things together, it's transforming and it's serving, it becomes Mm Christ-centered. And leadership is Christ-centered. Yeah, I I did some study and writing on the distinctives of Christian leadership. And so what do you think? is Christian leadership distinctive from secular leadership? You know, we get that a lot. You know, I, I don't think so. I think leadership is leadership. When you boil it all down, whether you're in an educational institution, corporate, or whether you're in church, leadership it has those components of transforming people positively yeah. that's around me and encouraging them, and I'm serving them as Christ served the church, then it doesn't matter where I am. Right? So, so in other words... <clears throat> Secular leadership is not a great thing coming into Christian leadership, but the but the 
vice versa. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, yeah. If I have, if I'm a Christian leader, there should be elements that I'm bringing that are more. Or a Christian, Christian who's a leader. A Christian who is a leader. Yeah, I am bringing then those elements out into the secular world that uh, that is Christ-like. Yeah. That is more Christ-like. Yeah. You know, oftentimes you get the question. Uh, I remember uh, studying this in school. There was a big debate over it whether Hitler was a leader, right? So if you look at it, um, I mean, even the book that our Bible of leadership, which is by Norhaus, says that. Uh, Hitler wasn't a leader. But when you start looking down to it, he was a leader because he had the ability to transform and he served people. Now, it was in a negative way. Sure. So to your point, if I am in a church or a Christian type of person, those transformations and serving ought to be positive mm-hmm. as it relates to what Christ has taught us. Yeah. So, so why do so many people see themselves as leaders uh, but their direct reports would say <laughs> i don't think so man well you know that's a good question because a lot of studies that are out there and matter of fact when there's a there's a study uh, there's an assessment from transformational leaders everybody want to be a transformational leader nowadays yeah. and when you look at that it's called the mfq factor so it's a survey and the survey goes out and 95 percent of people i like to say in leadership positions Right. Ninety five percent said that they are leaders. But when you survey the people that report to them, it only comes up about seven percent of those people would say that individuals that they work for are leaders. So that's a big disconnect. There's a book called On Leadership by John Gartner. John Gartner served in a lot of different presidential cabinets and education and those kinds of things. Well, in his book, he there's a section that says cry leadership. And what he's talking about there is there is a huge cry for leaders. Yes. And when you start thinking about it and you go to organizations or churches or schools or whatever, people will say, man, we are void of leadership. But what's what's uh, fascinating about this is people that are in those positions say think that they're really good leaders. Well, the question that Gardner leaves us all is if I go and survey people that are around you, what would they say about you? Because while we can say there's a void of leadership, are we doing anything to correct that from our perspective of leading and being around others? Which is, I think, is a great <clears throat> perspective in terms of what leadership is. And that, that's where the disconnect is. People in leadership position. In fact, in my book, I kind of coined this word that's called uh, Ilpinos. I-L-I-I-L-P-I-N-O. Individuals in leadership position in name only. Right? <laughs> and you know what that is? I mean, there's a lot of us out there like that. You know? So I've even gone back to say, uh, when I talk to people about leadership and doing consulting, is don't try to be a leader. And I know that sounds weird. It sounds counter to what we should be. Don't try to work yourself to be a leader, because I think that's a losing proposition. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to work toward improving toward improving all aspects of oneself. If I do that, if I work and center it on me improving in all areas that I touch and associate with people, then guess what? Whether you call me a leader or not, I will have a positive impact because we are all leaving uh, footprints. One of my uh, mentors said many years ago, we are leaving footprints in the lives of people that we touch, mm-hmm. even if we don't know it. I could be walking down the hall and have a, a very distant relationship with someone, 
But that someone is making an impression about me and I'm making one about them. So the question becomes, what kind of footprint am I leaving? Mm. Am I going to be the first person to say, hey, how are you doing today, Mr. Worley? You know, even though Mr. Worley and I have passed, we made eye contact and we smiled. Who's going to be the first to say, hey, you are more than just somebody walking down the hall. You're an individual of almighty God. Yeah. So I'm going to reach out. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so at the bottom line, you, you know, and, and uh, I remember in graduate school, we wrestled over this. Is a leader born or are they made uh, through experience <laughs> or how does a, you know, does a leader uh, say, Hey, I'll volunteer. I'll be the first one to go. Uh, uh, I remember uh, uh, Eddie Lane at Dallas Theological Seminary. I was in a, in a class with him and, and he brought that topic up and man, it was really interesting. The discussion, because there sure. was half the class said, no, leaders are born that way. And the other half were like, I don't think so. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, you know, Leaders in scholarly positions in my field uh, have that same division, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, ever since the great man theory of Thomas Carlyle, which says that people are born because they say that Car- Carlyle would espouse that they have this type of look and attributes and traits and intelligence. Uh, but we find out later that that doesn't necessarily make a leader. Nature, born or nurture, can you be there? Uh, I think that we all have leadership abilities, but I think others are born with them being more pronounced than, you know, some other people, which kind of makes sense, right? So you say it's both. And we have this debate, uh, even when I was in uh, uh, studying in my Ph.D. program. But there's one thing I think that's undeniable, and I think you and I will see it. You can't do it today, but back in, in the 50s, they were doing research on grade school kids, elementary kids. Now, they hadn't been taught how to be leaders, but you and I have recognized it in families and people that for whatever reason, there is a group of little girls that want to follow this one little girl, and there's a group of boys that want to follow this one little boy. Now, we don't know why they hadn't been taught leadership skills. So we have to say there's something innate within them, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So we don't want to discard that. And we also don't want to discard the fact that it can't be nurtured. I'm uh, reminded of, I think it was 1972. You probably remember this. you old as I am there, Mr. Worley. Thank you. There was, Thank you for pointing <laughs> that out. There was a plane crash <laughs> of a Uruguayan uh, rugby team <coughs> in the Andes Mountains, right? And I think it had about yeah. almost 50 passengers on yeah, there. Yeah, I remember that. There's a movie about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so they, they crashed in this mountain. Now, there were uh, 17 people died on, on impact. So out of the rest, they were there to survive. Well, you had the, the coach and assistant coaches, all of these people that were in leadership positions. They were called upon to, hey, save us, do these kind of things. But at the end of the day, they couldn't do it. It was this unassuming person, 22-year-old, 22-year-old guy. I think his name was Fernando Pareto. He was the one that stepped forward, very unassuming Very quiet. He's the one that led the other 19 to survival for 72 days or so. Which Leo Tolstoy, right, the great uh, Russian writer of War and Peace, would say, it's the situation that makes leaders, which is another argument. He said, would that really be a um, Eisenhower or a Patton or a MacArthur if you didn't have a World War II? 
you know, and all of those kind of things. So he takes a different bent on it. So to answer your question directly, I think it's both. I think we are born with leadership, as in the case of the, of the Uruguayan rug, rugby team. They're latent, but when they needed to come forth, boom, there it was. You know, I really love that, mainly because it agrees with me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Everybody agrees with you. <laughs> I don't know about that. But, you know, Hobbs and Leviathan, too, you know, said uh, you're a leader when you're needed, mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting because mm -hmm. it follows exactly what you were Absolutely. talking about. So, yeah. So how how is the role – what is the role of leadership in the culture itself? Is it Does it follow yeah. what you were talking about the rugby team? You know what, and, and you look around our world today, uh, Mr. Worley, and I think you will agree, man, it, it, it's sad state. I mean, there are shootings everywhere, and there are schools and teachers' unions that don't want to go back to work. and It becomes so parochial, right, that, that it takes away from, remember, the original definition uh, that I had, anyway, of leadership is transforming and it's serving. If I have that type of attitude and thought process, about it, I think it would get better. Our culture today is so myopic and, myopic and parochial that is so set, people are become so self-centered, which also means what? That we are moving away from Christ. <laughs> so to answer that question, what's happening in our culture? Leadership is, is void because Christ is void. Because the element of having this servant type of attitude, which is servant leadership, right, is also... Uh, missing and and we're moving farther away from that which might beg another question why is leadership in our culture so void and i would ask this question why is the church so void in our communities mm -hmm. right to the degree it always go back god never gets upset with heathens because heathens do what they do he gets upset with his people when we begin to act like heathens and do what heathens do so our call is to be Christ-like, to take leadership, be that lone voice that stands uh, alone out there. I mean, we're killing babies in the womb now like it's nobody's business. And where's the church? Uh, I'll just go back to this and I'll move on. And that is, we should have never taken prayer out of school. So where is Christians in that? Now, we would say, because we live in a democracy and a free world, bring your God in. Because we think our God can handle ourselves in school. But what Satan wants is to take him out. It's the same thing in our culture. Satan is like, how can I get God out? I just heard about, uh, coming to, to work today that California is trying to remove prayer meetings in homes. Hmm. So <laughs> when you get God out of things, then Satan can run rampant. And to be able to control people's mind. You have to remove them from God because that is the one tenant, if it is truly connected, that you can't disconnect. Yeah, I, I, this sounds familiar with a guy I heard uh, online preach uh, Sunday on James, and I think that might have been you. <laughs> so <clears throat> let me let me. So so where is courage in leadership? I mean, uh, John Maxwell, uh, even uh, I mean, a, a lot of leadership guys say courage is huge in leadership. Man, I, I couldn't disagree with that more, right? I mean, I think you know where we uh, – we have to have people that are courageous. And it doesn't have to be that overpowering outburst of, of, uh, of being courageous. It could be as, as mild as Mother Teresa, 
I, I remember when she came to America to speak in front of Congress. And she talked about it in a very soft voice. God don't like you killing his kids in, mm. in the mother's womb. That's courage. It doesn't have to be Dr. King having a movement, even though that's good. The, the question is, we can't. Uh, I remember Dr. Neal came to our, our church and she, she talked about uh, compromise. And I'll never forget. She said, in a marriage, you need to compromise. And in businesses, you need to compromise. But when it comes to God, there's no compromising. <laughs> and, once you, and once you compromise with God, you have basically gone over to the side of evil. No, courage is what it takes to stand firm in my beliefs and convictions, even if it means taking me to jail or killing me. I have to be that courageous. Yeah. Even Tacitus back in Roman times talked about courage and leadership. It just has to happen, but especially in the church, especially with Christians. We see that throughout the ages. Yeah, so... uh, Tell me the difference. There's a, there's a book uh, that's been written, I think, quite a few years ago that deli- distinguishes between leadership and management. Mm-hmm. Uh, so h- how would you distinguish between leadership and management? Man, uh, if you take a class of mine, you're going you're gonna to wrestle with that one because you, you have to wrestle with it. Uh, I think it's distinct. You know, I think uh, I remember I hear it from Warren Bennis. Yeah. Right. As one of the architects and uh, uh, and uh, leadership in my field. And he says that um, I can't necessarily define leadership, but I can show it to you when I see it. Right. Which came from uh, Chief Justice, not Chief, but Justice, Supreme Court Justice Potter, when he, he was asked to describe what uh, obscenity mean. Right. So he said, I, I can I can show it to you. Well, that's the same thing here. When you look at management, management is a list of activities. Management cares about the result, the end result, which means I have to hire and I have to control. I have to do all of those things associated with the the end goal that I'm for. Leadership then is more concerned with the people. It doesn't mean that it has abdicated its view on the result. It just means that I'm focusing on the people. It would be the example that I use to to resonate with some of the students is uh, if we were working here at a job and you were supposed to be here at 8 o'clock and uh, you come in, um, you know, two hours late and the manager would say, so what happened? And you, which you would respond to him, well, uh, you know, I had a problem with my car. I couldn't get started, but I made it to you as soon as I can. He said, well, <laughs> the manager would say, well, go over there and catch up, and you need to figure out how you're going to figure out how you're going to make up these two hours of time, right, of productivity. You come in and you had that same conversation with the leader. The leader's going to say, well, was everything okay? How are you? Do you need some time off right now to go back and take care of your car? Because we can work around that. And what you're going to get from that leader then is more loyalty. You're going to get more respect. Because if I treat one person like that as a leader, I'm going to treat everybody like that. And in the long run, I'm going to get the results even more so than a manager. So a manager is a list of activities that is driven toward a goal. A leader is a concentration on people that ends up delivering the goal, if that makes sense. Okay, say, say that last part one more time. A leader is responsible and focused on people to get that desired goal first okay. versus a manager's first focused on a list of activities to get the end result. And then people are second. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, Cotter, it was the guy who wrote that book, and mm-hmm. he's saying management is systems and procedures, mm-hmm. uh, but he, he calls it like visionary. Mm-hmm. Visionary are concerned about uh, motivation mm-hmm. and passion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But Carter, Carter also says that, you know, he, he, he comes up with how do you really, through vision, transform an organization and, and steps to do, which to do that, which is good. But it's, it's more than visionary, right? Leaders, you got to have that vision. He also says you need charisma, right? which you don't necessarily, I mean, charisma, a lot of different ways. But I think the essence of his point is true. You need someone that's caring about people and can paint that picture and come along and nurture them to where they need to be. Well, earlier when you were talking about uh, servant, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking John 13, you know, Jesus says, uh, you know, now that you call me master and Lord, and that's what I am, mm-hmm. I have set you an example mm-hmm. that you should do as I've done for you, which mm-hmm. was washing absolutely their feet. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and you know, I didn't mean to cut you, but that's one thing that I love about servant leadership. My heart goes toward transformational because that has to do with transforming people. But that's why you combine those two together with leadership. But when you look at servant leadership, it takes the the organizational pyramid and it turns it upside down, mm-hmm. which is very visionary, right? So if I'm the leader, so if I'm the president of Dallas Christian College, I'm going to flip that thing around and all of a sudden I'm at the bottom and I'm serving. If I'm the department chair of business, it's not like you coming to me and with some great... Which, which you are. Which I am sometimes, <laughs> right? So I don't feel like it's other people sometimes. But I come, uh, you come to me and it's like... You know, I'm not the department chair of business when you come to my office. I'm an individual looking to serve you. So you turn the pyramid up. Can you imagine any organization where the majority of people in leadership positions have turned the organization upside down and looked to serve people? Man, it's Christ-like and it's leadership. I'm drawn to the the Matthew 20 passage just right away, you know, when the mother of James and John comes to Jesus yep. and says, hey, I've got a request, and yep. grant that one of my two sons may sit at your right and the other at your left. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the position. Give them a position right. of authority and leadership, and right. then Jesus, I love the response. You yep. know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, uh-huh. and their high officials exercise authority over them, not with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Yeah, what a great passage that is, Scott. And that's the same thing. You're turning that pyramid on its head, yeah. man. and Jesus yeah. did that just, just like that. in one encounter. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yep. Our time is quickly running by. but mm-hmm. uh, So can you tell us, like, uh, give the audience maybe two or three really strong uh, references, uh, books, or that, that have impacted you that might impact them? Oh, that's a great question. I know one of the ones that I, that I really enjoy reading and uh, on leadership. I give you one uh, secular and one uh, besides the Bible, <laughs> and that's a that's on Norhouse. And Norhouse has a great book in terms of introducing us to leadership, and it's called simply that: the Introduction to Leadership uh, by Norhouse. Uh, the other one I would recommend is is really by someone that um, you probably wouldn't think of, and it's by. Uh, uh, Chuck Swindoll. Yeah. And Chuck Swindoll talked about how to serve. He did this whole series on servitude. And it's just simply how do we serve others? So you take those two books and you put them together and you've really got something that's dynamic. 
That's awesome. Uh, and I think we could probably make a link to those books yeah. available to, yep. to those who might want mm-hmm. might want to participate in that. Absolutely. So, uh, now, I know you, you do a lot of uh, things with different kinds, and I've heard of different kinds of leadership, like uh, emotional intelligence or uh, a, friend that, a friend of mine uses encouragement leadership, which is coming out, I mean, I think Disney actually uh, is promoting that type of, mm-hmm. uh, of approach. Mm-hmm. Is there a certain type of approach or do you just find yourself, you know, finding a groove as a leader? And, you know, there's one approach coming out after another. You have the authentic approach. <laughs> you have um, uh, situational approaches. You have all these different approaches. And I think those adjectives to describe leadership uh, is just trying to more hone it in. I just think we ought to do leadership. You know, there's some women leadership, there's team leadership. It just should be leadership. Because when my focus is to invest in someone's life and to help them to become better, then that's huge. I had a mentor of mine once say, uh, I was a young buck in Xerox Corporation and had big aspirations. And he says to me, he goes, Thompson, if you find one or two people in your adult life that really cares about you as a person, help you to grow, tell you the truth, do things that's going to make you a better person, he said you should cherish them with all that you have <laughs> because they will be few and far between. Uh, he passed last year, but that's a true statement that, I, that never left me. And that is I don't have to define leadership. I don't have to put an adjective in front of leadership. I just have to be about God's business of having a positive impact on everyone that I meet, regardless of color, creed, religion, and serve them as if Christ is serving me. If I do those things, I'm going to be a better person. And more than that, I think I am doing the things in which I I was created to do. Yeah. You know, Scott, he's a pretty smart guy. He is. I bet he teaches at a, a place of higher <laughs> he education. He does, you know, <laughs> and the interesting thing is the mission statement for that place yeah. is <laughs> that Dallas Christian College educates and mentors yeah. students to be people of influence. That's and right. I, I want us to come back and, and talk really about that idea of mentoring. Uh, I'm working with a young man now in Houston that's 18 years old mm-hmm. that is mentoring three young men Mm. I, and it's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And and he just, you, everybody doesn't do this? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, everybody doesn't. So I, I want to talk more about Absolutely. that because I, I think uh, that that's part of that transformational yes, aspect sir. of yep. uh, whether, whether you are in a position of leadership, you are still a leader. Absolutely. And, and I want Absolutely. us to, to talk about that down the road. Yes, uh, I want to remind you that if you're interested in learning more about DCC and specifically its Bible and business degrees, you can check us out at www.dallas.edu. We offer several tracks in our business uh, department, business administration and ethics, human resources management, leadership, or sports management. And uh, we'll put Dr. Thompson's email address in uh, with this podcast as well. If you're interested in, in reaching out and, and, and just dialoguing with him and getting more information about DCC's Bible and Business Department, I'm sure he would love to talk to you. So 
Thank you again, Larry, for being here, Mark. And thank you all for for joining us on this episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. Share this. You can find it on on all the podcast platforms. We pray that you have a blessed day. And remember, wherever you are, you are a person of influence and leadership. And do that today. Have a great day. Thanks.